Dear founder, as you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Dear Founder podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. Well, we're celebrating moms all month long here on the podcast. We are also shedding light on something incredibly important. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and today on the podcast is a guest who's helping to break down the stigma that comes along with mental health issues. Karina Dawn is a force to be reckoned with, and I'm so excited to introduce you introduce her to you. But before we get into today's episode, I want to give you just a little sneak peek about something I have coming up, and it's a result of a lot of you asking me for more ways to work with me. My social media for small business seven-day masterclass finished last week, and the doors are now open for an amazing new way to work with me. I'm really excited to launch an incredible new program called Big Impact Marketing for Small Business with Little to No Budget. This is the same exact method that I use with my one-on-one coaching clients to create a, a marketing plan that they can absolutely utilize as a solopreneur or a small business, only it's in a group setting. So you'll have the networking as well. And it's also a fraction of the price. You can click the link in my show notes for more info. I'm limiting space for this first workshop. Make sure you check it out. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out and let me know. If you like what you're hearing on the Dear Founder podcast, make sure that you leave a rating or review. I would be so incredibly grateful. So today's guest, Karina Dawn, is the co-founder of Tone It Up. She's a wellness entrepreneur, New York Times bestselling author, NAMI board advisor, and a passionate mental health advocate. Growing up with a mother who was diagnosed as paranoid schizophrenic, her childhood was filled with traumatic experiences that resulted in repressed emotions, guilt, shame, depression, and even a suicide attempt. She knows from experience that suffering in silence only reinforces the stigma surrounding mental health issues and creates barriers that prevent healing. She discovered that where there is darkness, there is an immense opportunity for light. Karina founded the Big Silence Foundation to further her mission and inspire hope, promote well-being, and erase the stigma surrounding mental health. Her podcast, The Big Silence, premiered in early 2022, and her debut memoir, The Big Silence, A Daughter's Memoir of Mental Illness and Healing, is available nationwide now. Please make sure to visit thebigsilence.com to see when Karina's book tour is making its way to your city. Please come on in and meet Karina Dawn. All right. So today on Dear Founder, I have a very special guest, um, someone that I have been asking to be on the podcast for, for some time, actually. And I'm so excited that she's here. Karina Dawn is the co-founder of Tone It Up. Um, she's a wellness entrepreneur. She's a New York Times bestseller. She's a NAMI board advisor. She's a passionate mental health advocate. And most recently, she started the Big Silence Foundation, which is 
a mental health awareness foundation. And that's really and truly um, as much as I, her accolades are a huge long list. I really, really, really was intrigued by what she's doing to support mental health, especially as we come out of the pandemic. So I'm so excited to have you here, Karina. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me, Lindsay. Yes, of course. So I'd love for you to kind of get us started by sharing your journey with us. I mean, obviously you are an entrepreneur, you have an incredible business, and I would love for you to share a little bit about that as well and how that kind of dovetailed into the big silence. I mean, I think the biggest thing is like, you are here to help people all around. You are a health advocate, whether it's physical or mental, and it really all goes hand in hand. That's, I, mean, I could talk about it for hours, <laughs> but let me think. So, um, especially with you and found her, um, my business tone it up was founded on physical fitness, but also the mental fitness because how you work out, you train your mind and the endorphins that you release. Um, but we started that with myself and Katrina in 2009, which is crazy, <laughs> but I, I guess I could start even like how I got there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I grew up in Indiana and around 12 years old, my, um, I was, I was a happy girl, you know, my, I ran my first half marathon in sixth grade. I was riding my bicycle. I used to, I actually, um, talk, speaking about entrepreneurship, I used to run businesses in my basement at my house. Like I had a restaurant, <laughs> I had a library, my parents had to rent books that they owned from me. And if they didn't return them in time, if they got charged 25 cents, <laughs> um, I would have yard sales and lemonade stands. I was that girl going around the neighborhood, putting, um, stapling uh, dog sitter signs with my number on the, the poles. Uh, so I've always had that in me. But then uh, around 12, 13, my mother was diagnosed with um, paranoid schizophrenia. And it wasn't just like a diagnosis. She obviously, there was stuff going on inside our home, which I talk a lot about in the book. So I won't go into all of the details, but um, you know, she ended up being a missing persons for quite some time. And then when we found her, uh, the doctor said that she was a paranoid schizophrenic and she also suffered from depression. So little, little Karina took a spiral because this is in the nineties where no one was talking about mental health and there was a shame around it, a silence around it. And so myself, my father, everyone, we just like, everything's good at home. So you just hold it all inside. So then around 13, um, I had a suicide attempt and I survived. And I am so proud of that. Uh, because I'm here to help those who didn't have the resources back then or even now and just to have a voice now, a place to go because I was a lonely girl and I was ashamed. So that sent me into, I would say, a decade of drug abuse, depression, situational depression, thinking that I would become like my mother because my mother's father also had schizophrenia and committed suicide. And so I just kind of like, it's like, I'm going to throw my life away. There's no purpose. I'm going to become like this, um, like her. And then in my early twenties, 
after a nice three-day bender, I'm in a park and I, it was just like this higher power came down on me and said, Karina, you are greater than this. You have a greatness inside of you that this is not your life. You are not going to become your mother. And so I was like, oh, okay. What made me happy? When was I happy in my past? I said, oh, running that half marathon in sixth grade. Um, Watching my mom work out to Jane Fonda VHS tapes back then. And so I signed up for a triathlon. I trained instead of doing the bad things that I shouldn't have been doing. And training became um, running, biking, swimming became my therapy. I would wake up in the morning and I would just run and I would cry through it. I would ride my bike and I would cry through it. And I realized how moving my body was spiritual and healing and um, it changed my life. And it wasn't like a cold turkey thing. It took me a lot of time, you know, to get through it all. Read every self-help book. I went to therapy. Um, I changed the group of people I was hanging out with. Um, And then, you know, fast forward and I became a personal trainer also. And um, fast forward, you know, I wanted to share with Tone It Up. So Kat and I, when we founded Tone It Up, we both had our own stories that came together about moving your body. It's like, we want to share that moving your body is just not physical and like how you look. It's the mental side of it. And that was the biggest thing for me is that eating healthy, meditation, moving your body, getting in nature, like that is the therapy that literally saved me. Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast, an amazing agency providing high-quality podcast production made simple and affordable. I hit the jackpot when I came across Hivecast. As I pieced together services from contractors all over the web initially to help me with my podcast, Hivecast was everything that I needed all in one place. For just $500 per month, they not only produce and edit four episodes, but they also create the marketing assets. Emma, my account manager, is amazing, making sure that I'm on task and that we can schedule episodes regularly and by my deadlines. Honestly, the time saved working with Hivecast is worth at least triple what I'm paying. Their sister company, Fireside, offers other marketing services for small businesses, including social media management, Facebook and Instagram ads, search engine marketing, and so much more. Again, all at a rate palatable by a small business owner. The best part, there's no contract. You can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code FOUNDHER and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was the best decision I've made for my business. It seems only natural that, and I know, so I know that you are starting and you started the big silence in relation to your mother, but it seems only natural that that was the next step after tone it up because tone it up was your therapy and moving was your therapy. And that was your outlet that helped to heal you. And so starting tone it up and being able to share that with the world is one piece, but obviously the big silence is kind of the next piece. And I would love for you to share a little bit about how that came about. 
Yeah. So for many years, probably all of my twenties and I'm 41 now, and I never openly spoke about my mother and her diagnosis and, or what I went through being that fitness superstar, you know, you can't, you know, no, no way could I have ever done drugs or done anything wrong, but that was how society was back then. And so I kept it quiet. And, but then when you keep it quiet, it it's in your body in your cells, it's held in there and comes out in different ways and stressors. And so finally, um, I would say five, well, with, um, I would say five years ago when something happened with my mom where she was in the hospital and I was told to put her on hospice and I did not, um, I, I started writing the book about more like a journal. It's just an outlet. I think like writing things down, talking about them. And then I, you know, not only was I writing, but then I started speaking publicly about mental health. I started, I joined NAMI, not only for, first it was a a class that my husband and I took called Family to Family, which is for family members who have those who are, uh, have a mental illness, but they need a support system. And it's a 12 or 13 week course that we would go to every week because my husband didn't understand uh, what I was going through or understand my mother because I learned over the years just to normalize it. And so that was really helpful. And then um, I publicly started talking about it because it was actually just healing for me. And I was over, I got to this point where I was like, it, we're done being silent. And that's the big silence the things we don't want to talk about because of the stigma. I was like, you know what, I'm going to talk about it because that was part of my healing process. Um, and then it was just the big silence. I always wanted to start um, a nonprofit in order to help others because there's no reason that so many people struggle in silence and they don't talk about it. So I'm here to be like, like break those barriers and just make noise. Share with the listeners what exactly the Big Silence does and how the Big Silence supports mental health. Yeah. So the foundation side of the Big Silence, we have a crisis text line. We have events. We have courses that we are releasing this year. So we're, you know, we're trying to do everything. This, so we go on the book tour um, in the entire month of May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month. We're having panels, we're having resources. If you go to thebigsilence.com, we have all the resources there. We also have therapists that we work with that um, you can, that we can connect you with. Uh, but yeah, we're starting online courses and um, groups where everyone can talk as well, support groups. I think the biggest thing too for me was just support groups because you keep it anonymous and you can just share your story and just stop holding it inside. So one of the things that we talk about here all the time is sharing your story and being authentic and showing up like as a business owner, you know, and obviously the big silence is not, it's a foundation. It's not your typical business. Of course, tone it up is a business and that's kind of different, but you said it a couple of minutes ago, you said, I didn't want to share this side of me because I was so worried about what other people were going to think as the fitness instructor and, and whatnot. 
What happened when you started talking about it? More, uh, more women and men started opening up. Uh, obviously through social media, DMs, emails, on the street. Um, everyone, and I always get teary-eyed when I say this, but there's been multiple people who have reached out and said, I was going to commit suicide. And then I saw your post about mental health and I realized I wasn't alone. I called the crisis text line. Or there's so many different stories and that like, that's why we're doing it. We're literally letting people know that they're not alone in their thoughts. In their, and even with mental illness, it's not just those who have it, but the family members and they need help because you can have situational depression or suicidal tendencies or thoughts because of what you're going through and the stress that that brings a family. So just literally just opening up and being like, you have a support system. You know, and it's interesting. I know we talked about it a little bit before we got started, but, and you, you said this too, like in the nineties, like no one talked about any of this. And I, and I always, this has come up a couple of times on the podcast with various guests that, you know, I'm the same age as you. I'm 40, I'm a year older. I'm 42. And um, you know, our parents' generation just like didn't talk about things the way that we talk about things. And it's not just mental health. I mean, it's just a lot of like things that like carry the stigma. You know, like I had a woman on recently, we talked about menopause and we were talking about her products for, for menopausal women. And like, you know, that was not something that like my mom talked about and people really talked about, but now people are talking about it because more generations are starting to be open about things like that. And so I think just the fact that you are doing this and helping to destigmatize the silence is just what you were just saying, like that people are now like breaking down their own barriers, right? Well, and yeah, me growing up, nobody taught me about the birds and the bees. Nobody taught me about starting my period. Nobody taught me about menopause. Like, our parents didn't like nobody just talked about didn't talk about anything period <laughs> so I mean <laughs> the, the big silence could be like let's just freaking talk about life and how it is or sex or this or women's hormones or yeah there's so much that I think our generation and generations to come are going to openly talk about it without feeling uncomfortable and then how has social media helped you in, in terms of getting the word out about the big silence? I mean, social media, is, I mean, especially like we're coming off of this like crazy, insane time that no one ever could have predicted. We were locked in our houses. Mental health and mental health issues are at an all time high. And yet at the same time, I think people feel more connected than ever and are able to talk about things because we are all of a sudden very comfortable talking virtually more so than three years ago, right? Um, how do you think that that's played into and is going to continue to play into your mission to break down the stigma? You know, I mean, social media, even though it has its negative stigma, if you use it for goodness and connection for good things and I mean, for the, for tone it up and for the big silence, it is social media, how we connect to people. And those are the DMs where everyone's, oh my gosh, you saved my life. This is our new way of communication. So I, I'm all for it. I mean, I don't, me personally, like it, I struggle with social media because 
there's just so much going on. I'm like, oh, I have to post this or do that. But, you know, I do it in a very positive way. And everyone I follow is someone that I feel is very positive. But I really think there's going to be a movement where social media takes a shift for the mental health side. I mean, I say I'm manifesting it (laughs) Um, where social media becomes 100% a positive outlet because there are a lot of good resources on social media. How are you, I mean, first, I I have a lot of questions about like, how are you balancing this all? I mean, like you, like, you know, I read down your list of things that you do and like, you know, you have a lot going on and you're going on a book tour and you're public speaking. Like, how are you managing all of this? Because that can take a toll on one's mental health as well. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, and I think about this when I reflect on my day at night. Um, So my mother passed away in September, 2021. And she took, um, I was her caretaker. And there was many hours in the day that was spent towards her. And I've had this new space in my brain. And it took a while to go through grief and I still go through grief. Um, You know, I definitely spent two, three months like having trouble getting out of bed and just, you know, it was like with my mother, I was her parent since little girl. So it was like losing a child. Um, But then all of a sudden there was this like, my brain was free, had this space in it and this freedom and my time And I'm like, okay, here's my mission. And that's how I was literally just able to take my passion and just run with it. And I'm a very passion-driven person from Tone It Up, building Tone It Up and that purpose. And then with the big silence and going on, yeah, going on a book tour um, for five weeks. I just, I'm also very excited to have live events again. Yes. (laughs) And we have a tour bus. So if you see us anywhere with the Big Silence tour bus, come say hi. For sure. Literally, um, we'll be posting all the tour stops, hopefully by next week. But um, And we're going out and spreading the mission and the word. And that energizes me. Like I can wake up and be like, my mission today is to help others. And, you know, it's I'm an empath and it's healing for me to give back. And I think a lot of people feel alone in this world and we don't need to. And I have a good team around me as well. Um, On the big silent side, my sister, Rachel is the executive director. She's worked in nonprofit for over a decade. Um, I've somehow convinced my husband, Bobby, to be my tour bus driver and he has his license. (laughs) to drive a a 45 foot bus. Um, I don't know. It's, and it's not easy. Sometimes I'm like, what did I get myself into? Cause working with turn it up and then with this and other things I'm doing and investing in real estate, it's like, what have I done? But then um, I reflect back to during COVID when we're all stuck at home and I was just laying there, like watching TV. I'd rather just be like doing this. So I'm very proud. You should be very proud. And you mentioned to me um, early on in the in our conversation about how you had told your mom that the big silence was going to be her legacy. So what do you think 
she, she wanted her legacy to be. (sighs) My mother struggled her entire life from when she was 18 and her dad committed suicide and she never went through therapy and she actually never talked about it to me, but I knew about it through family. My own mother wouldn't even tell me what she went through because she was ashamed of it. And then, you know, um, she went through her own, you know, all of the psychosis and, you know, the ups and downs and the crisis uh, as I grew up. And then when I started working in the mental health space, she, she would get angry with me. Like, how could you do this? I'm like, mom, because I wanted her to speak out about it. I'm like, you could really help other people. And she's like, well, I am, with my diagnosis, everyone would think I'm dangerous. I said, well, that's why you should speak out because you're not. And so I was with her the last three days of her life. And she knew about the book I was writing and, and I explained to her about the Big Silence nonprofit um, only because she came to me and she said, it's not just my physical health. She finally admitted, she's like, it's also my mental health. And I was like, finally, <laughs> you know, you're speaking about this. And I said, mom, your legacy is going to live on because your life is not in vain. Number one, she kept speaking of regret. I said, do not regret about being a, a bad mom, as she said. You raised a beautiful daughter, even if you couldn't be there, because I'm damn proud about the woman I became today. And I said, I see teary eyed. <laughs> I said, your legacy is going to live on because you have a, a nonprofit mental health foundation in your name that me and my sister are running, and we're going to make sure no one has to suffer like you. And she just she nodded her head. Take a minute. I feel I like, I mean, your, your mom is so proud. You should be so proud and you should be so proud about what you've overcome you yourself to get to this point where you want to just help other people. And I I mean, you know, many foundations come from personal experience, right? When you think about, and you know, like when you talk to the people who start foundations and nonprofits, oftentimes it's, you know, to help people deal with or go through or, you know, benefit from something that someone went through. And there really is no one else that's like doing this like this. And you should be damn proud. Thank you. I am. And it's like, you know, we're not just a foundation sitting on the side. Like we are actively every day, hours and hours of work and making this happen. What do you hope your legacy is with the foundation? That I saved lives. Which we as the foundation and the community have already done. So my job, my legacy is already present. We talk a lot about legacy here. Like there's, you know, there's a lot of legacy discussion about, um, you know, what is your, you know, your legacy moment and who do you hope is carrying on your legacy? And so, um, you know, I feel like this is such an appropriate 
conversation to be having with you, of course. Um, what do you hope happens when the book comes out? Like what would be like the next step of 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 the foundation? And you know, there are gonna be bigger things that come once the book comes out and you go on the book tour. I mean, like, what do you hope is the outcome? To be able to speak to larger audiences, to just keep sharing the message. And, um, you know, I, when I speak of, think of legacy, I'm, I don't know. I, I, it's already like I, when I envision something, as a founder of Tone It Up, a big silence, I, 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 I never know, have like that question of like, what's your five or 10 year plan? I'm like, I just do it. Like I go with passion. I hate that question. <laughs> so I'm like, I literally, I know how to build things if you just go with your heart. And, and I don't know, I see it just being something that everyone, I, I, I don't, it's such a, because I don't have that five or 10 year plan. I, it's something big. And I, and I would agree. And to be very honest, if you've noticed, like I haven't really been asking you like structural questions about how you founded your business or, you know, tactical things, which we do ask here often, but that's not this conversation. This conversation is a conversation of heart and what matters and, taking steps in a direction that you, that you are passionate about. I mean, that's what this is about. This isn't about having a plan. Most people who come on here actually do not have plans. I mean, we've had very, you know, some very big founders and like the the most common theme is like a plan. What's a plan, you know? And that's a, that's very common in, you know, the entrepreneurial world, especially amongst successful female founders, because we're kind of, a lot of us wired the same, right? Just to do it. Just what you said. Yeah. But I don't care about like the tactical things on how to start a foundation with you. That's not what I, I mean, what I care about here is shedding light on your personal experience and how you have taken your personal experience and that of your mother and are shedding light and breaking down barriers to a really big fucking problem. Yeah. I know there, I'll say this so many, for so many years, people, um, investors and uh, inter- people who would interview myself and Kat, they're like, so what is your business plan? And we're like, it's here. They're like, we've never had one. <laughs> right. And like, this isn't a bit, I mean, the foundation isn't a business. You have to be accountable, obviously, to some degree, but yeah. you're yeah. not run. It's not like a business plan. It is a, it is a change the, like the lives of people plan. That's really what it is. Right. So I do want to ask you the one question that I do want to ask you that I that is a pretty common question here is in relation to a foundation because we've not, I've not I actually I think you're only like the second foundation owner I've had on here. What would you tell someone who wants to start a foundation that is so passionate about something and they want to bring light to to a societal problem or they want to help people or I mean, because it's it's a very big, daunting task, right? Like starting a foundation is not just something you like go out and do. Like, like no, it is not. When I was like, you know, I was hiking with my friend Allison Charles, like one month, and then the next, and she's like, "What do you want to do?" I said, "I really want to start like work in the nonprofit world." And then two months later, I was 
on her podcast. She's like, what's new? I said, I started that nonprofit. She's like, what? All right. Like, I don't know. I just did it. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) And then I, you know, it's actually quite a daunting task. Um, And I, again, I was like, what did I get into? But that's how I convinced my sister, Rachel, she working in the nonprofit world for 10 years for another uh, nonprofit. And I was like, I just did started this and I need your help. And I somehow convinced her to come work with me and she is just running the show. And I'm like, I could have, I don't know what I was thinking without you having a good executive director, you need it. And someone who's very experienced because it's an important task when you have a mission and you have to do it right. And there's certain guidelines and things to be respectful of. And so I would say if you're starting a nonprofit, do a ton of research, get some good people on your, on your board um, and uh, get a good executive director. If you're already not, cause I'm, you know, balancing tone it up and other things and this, it's like without Rachel, I would be spinning. How can people get involved in the big silence and where can they find you? We're going to link it in the show notes, but there is, I think, you know, there are a lot of components obviously to the nonprofit world. And of course, if people need your support, that's, that's one way that to get involved. But I think there are probably a lot of people out there that would want to support you in other ways, whether it's donations or volunteering. Yeah. I mean, I think there are probably a lot of opportunities that you can speak of. Yeah. So the big uh, and we are, you know, donors are so much appreciated um, running a nonprofit and having the programs and uh, it's very costly. <laughs> so that's much appreciated. And um, volunteers too, especially even on the book tour, we're looking for volunteers in each city to help us out. Um, and we're doing a huge event in Austin uh, in the fall. And so if you're in anyone's in Austin wants to volunteer we're here we'll take just email us um just connect with us on the bigsilence.com before I let you go I do want to ask you one more thing like how have you been finding donors are you going out and seeking big corporate donors do you have a team to do that I mean that's a big that's a big undertaking in and of itself but obviously you need them to exist yeah um first reach out personal contacts and then going through, we also have a program in corporate wellness, um, which is amazing. Um, teaching yoga, meditation, speaking, that's also on the big is our corporate wellness program. And um, yeah, just reaching out. And then now that live events are back, we're doing that. Um, I have to, I haven't announced something really cool that we're doing in Vegas um, in the end of this month with um someone that everyone would love to see. Um, yeah, like just go to the big sign up for our newsletter. Uh, you can see everything we're doing, lots of live events and healing and um, speaking engagements. And uh, we're ready to hit the road. Karina Dawn, I am so thankful that you are here. I'm so appreciative of your time and also of what you're doing. And you should be really proud of yourself and of the difference that you're gonna be making in so many lives that goes without saying, you're obviously doing it now. And as this book comes out and as you go on your tour and as this continues, I can only see this, see, I can only see this getting even bigger. So congratulations, pat yourself on the back. 
I hope that you'll come back a year from now and give us an update because I know it's going to be big. Um, And I'm just, I'm really so grateful that you agreed to come on and share this because I think so many people can benefit from what you are doing across the board. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Of course. Karina's story is absolutely inspirational. And while we talked today a lot about her mission and her story and her why, more than the mechanics of starting a foundation, I just felt that that was the most important part of my conversation with Karina. She had some incredible takeaways. And so I want you to get your pen and paper out so that you can write these down. Number one, Dig deep into your own experiences as a way to get your mission out there and as a way to connect with others. Number two, when you start talking and sharing your truth, others do the same. You build a connection that's authentic and can't be replicated anywhere else. Number three, starting a foundation is a huge undertaking. You have to take the proper steps so that you can do it right. Honestly, you have one shot. Number four, When you're starting a nonprofit, do a ton of research, get some amazing people on your board with many different backgrounds, and get a good executive director. Number five, figure out what your mission is and make sure that what you're doing is aligned with reaching that mission and helping out your end user. I cannot thank you enough for being here for today and for joining us for this very special episode of Dear Founder. Please make sure you're following me at Lindsay Pinchuk and at Dear Founder on Instagram. And you can visit me at lindsaypinchuk.com for so much more. We have some amazing, amazing guests coming up. And especially this month, we have so many moms that we're going to be sharing on the podcast as we celebrate Mother's Day. So please make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify or wherever it is that you listen. And if you know someone who wants to start their own business or a foundation like Karina, please, please, please share this episode with them, either text it to them or share it to your stories. Make sure you tag me and I'll be sure to share those to say thank you. Stay tuned for another episode coming soon of Dear Founder. Dear Founder.